0: Welcome to the Freedom Girls podcast, where we talk about finding freedom in every part of your life, mentally, physically, spiritually, and emotionally, and living in a state of laughter and joy. Thank you so much for joining us today. So I'm very excited about this podcast. I'm really hoping that it can just bring you joy and um, help you just realize the blessings of motherhood and just to understand the divine calling of motherhood. And so before we get started, I'm going to go ahead and just say a quick prayer for us real quick. Dear Lord, thank you so much for who you are. Um, Thank you for your rod and your staff when you pull us back in and um, thank you for your love that you give us. And I know that you know exactly who's listening to this podcast right now. You know their every need, their heart's desires and their wants, and whether they need encouragement or, um, whether they're in a waiting period, they're waiting for answers to prayers or they need healing or joy, God, whatever the case may be, just let them know that you are in the answering of those prayers. Um, according to your will, Lord, we ask for your will, and not our own. And I pray you let them know you, you are fighting for them. You are fighting with them. You are, you go before them, beside them, behind them. Um, And I pray that as I'm speaking to everyone right now, I'm just chatting. um, Holy Spirit, just give me the words you'd have me to say. Just help me to um, say the things that are on the Father's heart and that, uh, that he knows each person needs to hear, Lord. And just help me to... Just extend some encouragement and some joy. And um, I pray you open our eyes to just see the blessing of motherhood and the divine calling of motherhood and the joy in motherhood, God. And um, we love you and we thank you for who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so if you are new here, my name is Libby Parrott. I'm the main host of Freedom Girls Podcast. I also run our Instagram account. She's a freedom girl. Um, If you want to find us over there, we share most of our content over there. Um, I will let you know a little bit about myself. My headphones are not working on my computer. And so I'm doing this without headphones. I hope the audio is still okay. Um, But for now, a little bit about me. So I am married for a little over four years now. Um, I have a daughter who's 13 months old and I think no she's not she's about 14 months old um and she is a spitfire she is full of life full of joy full of energy and a handful um but we love her to death and uh, she can be a little stubborn at times which we are trying to lead that in a godly way because I do believe it can be a strength. Um, but anyway, she keeps us on our toes. She keeps us extremely busy all the time, but we love her to death, like I said. And we also are expecting another little girl June twenty twenty one. So very excited about that. I'm going to um just be sharing different things about my story um through motherhood, some tough things I've, you know, kind of faced with it. Um kind of like the mundane things and um just yeah, some conversations I had with my husband recently about it and, um, kind of how like my track of thinking had to, um, take a turn. And so I, um, hope that you find this podcast encouraging. We're going to be talking about finding joy in motherhood, um, finding joy despite, you know, the mundane tasks and the hard days because motherhood is hard and, um, hard is not bad, but I don't think, anyone prepares you for how hard motherhood actually is. Um, I'm not sure if anyone could prepare you. You know, I think personally I was like, well, everyone does it. How hard? Not everyone, but, um, you know, a lot of people are mothers, you know, whether biologically or, um, adoptive parents. And I'm like, how hard could it be? Well, it is really flipping hard and, um, it's great. It's such a joy, but it's not easy. And, um, so I am I hope that, you know, we can kind of talk about some things. Just know that I'm going through this with you. I definitely am not perfect. I don't have it all together. Um, and so, yeah. Um, I want to go ahead and read something I found very interesting. I'm reading a book called Risen Motherhood. If you get one thing from this podcast, it would be to read this book. It is a really good book if you like reading or even audio books. But... Um, They're talking about the name Eve and how, you know, Eve is obviously the first woman created. Um, And this, I'm going to read an excerpt. It says, in the original language, Eve's name sounds like life. The account in Genesis says the man called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all living. And right there in the third chapter of the Bible, we find the the concept of motherhood. The word mother has multiple layers of meaning, and they're talking about um, biological and adoptive sense in this book. Um, Eve had the potential to be a biological mother, but she also represented a spiritual purpose all women can relate to, um, to invest in and nurture the family of God as life givers. Boldly protecting the lineage of God's people, training and discipling those around them, and heralding the good news in more... So then I kind of like, because anytime you read something that's not directly from scripture, even as you're listening to this podcast, you need to just compare it with scripture because scripture is the only all truth. And um, so I kind of looked up like the Hebrew meaning and I was reading some commentary and it was saying that, that the most common belief is that Eve means living one or the source of life. And so I think that is so cool that the first woman created her name means source of life. And so that just kind of goes to show you that we do have this divine calling on our lives to be mothers. And um I think a lot of times we think that um we have to do more, be more. We live in a society where we have on Pinterest seven tips to be more successful or um you know, how to Start your own business or how to run a six figure business or just all these different tips. And even in motherhood, we see it. We see all over Instagram and social media. And I know these people mean well, and you know, it's great. I love getting these ideas, but it's all that's thrown in your face. Um, and on Pinterest, it's like the five best sensory bins for your child, or talking about making sure your child doesn't, here are the dangers of letting your child have screen time or make sure you're doing this or make sure you're not doing that. Make sure your child doesn't have this. And it's like a, it just puts this pressure on us. Society puts this pressure on us to do more, to be more. And I do believe that, um, you can find joy in motherhood by saying yes to less. And I am such a believer of living simple, being simple. And that doesn't mean being lazy or not, like living out the will of God. It does. Like It's great if you want to start your own business. I do. I'm an entrepreneur. Um, it's great if you work out of the house, if that's what God's calling you to do. But a lot of times the issue arises when we step outside of God's calling and we have this works mentality of needing to be more and needing to do more. And if you never find contentment in solely being a mother, um, it's never going to be enough because you'll do more And then you'll want to do more and then you'll want to do more. You'll become, quote, more and then you'll want to be more. And so it's like our minds are just so filled with so much information all the time. It's more, 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 more that like how can we not live in a state of anxiety all the time and stress? And, you know, that's why I think like saying yes to less and being simple minded is like a great thing to be and to do. Um, and you know, I, I still get stuck in this cycle. Um, since college, I've always done this thing where like the first semester I would fill my schedule. I'm a yes girl. I would fill my schedule with more, more, more. Um, and then I would get to a breaking point where I would just snap at the end of the second semester and I would have to take everything out. Um, and then, you know, the next, the next year it would happen all over again. And I still to this day have not learned. I'm currently in a season of taking things out and I'm really just praying that God will change my heart and help me to not even want to want those things. And it's like I do it without realizing. It's not like I, I say, I want to be, I want to do more. And then I add all of it. Um, I don't know if it's subconsciously me thinking that being a mother isn't enough, but, um, cause I don't, I don't think that if that makes sense, but I'm wondering if subconsciously I do, I have no idea, but, um, you know, and as a mother, this mentality is especially hard because when we don't grasp the divine and the important calling of being a mother, we think we need to be more than just a mother, um we think we need to do more than just raising godly children and it it becomes not enough for us um and then we realize one these things of this world will not fulfill us um and two we can't juggle a million things while being a mother especially during certain seasons um whether you have 3 children all in sports or if you have a young child like me who's not in school yet and she does require a lot more attention Um, and like I said, it is not bad to run your own business. It's not bad to have hobbies or to work outside of the home, as long as it's within the will of God. And when we step outside the will of God, that's when the, when the tough things happen. And I have added things into my life, um, where I know that God is currently asking me to take out and it's hard. I don't want to take these things out. I enjoy them. I love them. Um, but it's creating stress and it's, It is jumbling my priority list left and right. And so I'm going to tell you a little bit about my story a little later on. But I want to read this quote to you um, by Margaret D. Nodald. I'm probably saying her last name wrong. But she says, The world has enough women who are tough. We need more women who are tender. There are enough women who are coarse. We need more women who are kind. There are enough women who are rude. We need women who are refined. We have enough women of fame and fortune. We need more women of faith. We have enough greed. We need more goodness. We have enough vanity. We need more virtue. We have enough popularity. We need purity. And so this is like the perfect quote. Um, It's just like all of the characteristics I feel like of godliness. And it's, so the characteristics are, we have enough women who are um, tough, coarse, rude, um, fame and fortune, greed, vanity, and popularity. We need more women who are tender, kind, refined, faithful, um, goodness, and purity. And it reminds me of the meek warrior. Um, And so, you know, um, God calls us, you know, he says blessed are the meek and, um, a meek warrior is not a weak warrior, but it kind of, oh, a meek warrior is not popular. Um, we don't celebrate meekness in our culture. Instead we celebrate assertiveness. And so the reason I'm telling you this, um, I, you know, it's relative to finding joy in motherhood, I promise, but, um, So I want to explain what meek means real quick. So if you just Google the definition of meek, um, regardless of biblical attributes, it says quiet, gentle, easily imposed upon, and submissive. So then if you look, I looked at some commentary for um, meekness as biblically, and it says meekness is a humble attitude that expresses itself in the patient endurance of offenses. Gentleness is a practical synonym. It implies mercy and self-restraint. Meekness is not weakness. Um, Sometimes we confuse the two. But the difference between a meek person and a weak person is this. A weak person can't do anything. A meek person, on the other hand, can do something but chooses not to. Meek is not weakness. It is power under control. Gentleness always uses its resources appropriately, unlike the out-of-control emotions that so often are destructive and have no place in our life as a believer. And so this kind of goes along with like having the mind, like having a worldly mindset. And when you have a worldly mindset, being a mother is never going to be enough. Um, being a Christ follower is never going to be enough. Um, eternal things are never going to be enough. We're going to want more materialistics. Um, we're going to have to be more, um, we're going to need more titles at work. We're going to have to be a better person. Um, and like I said, meekness is not celebrated in our culture. What is celebrated is assertiveness. What is celebrated is, um, not self-restraint. It's, um, it's, um, not quiet and gentle and submissive. Um, it, I like the quote, or the end of the quote where it says, "Um, on the other hand, a meek person can do something but chooses not to. And so just because a great opportunity arises or, um, I don't know, something this world offers you looks great, um, if it's something God's not calling you to do, we have to have the ability to say no. um, Because when you say yes to one thing, you're saying no to something else whether you realize it or not and I'm not saying taking opportunities is wrong god blesses us through opportunities many 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 times and um and so i just like i said you have to be within the will of god because when we add these unnecessary things to our life that are outside of the will of god that's when the majority of the stress and the um grind and the mundane are going to come in but when we're fully living in the will of God for our lives and the divine calling of being a mother, we're able to be content in that and we can be content in the obscurity of God. And, um, if that's the only, if the only thing he ever called us to do was to raise kingdom children, that is more than enough. That is more than you could ever like want to do. And so when we are, content with that. Um, we don't need the things of this world. Now, if God, God does bless us through the things of the world. Like I said, that's great. And that's fine. And I'm so thankful for how he's used materialistic things, um, to bless me, but I don't need those things. That's the difference. Um, when, you know, I've gone through seasons where I get stuck in those things and, Like when I say seasons, it actually happened like a couple months ago, (laughs) Um, which I'm going to go to in a little while. But that was the point of wanting to share that with you. Like be okay with being the tender woman, the kind woman, the refined woman, the woman of faith, the woman of goodness, the woman that doesn't need popularity, Um, the woman who doesn't need more, that doesn't need to be more. Like if God is calling you to be a mother and to work outside of the home, Do that with joy. And if God's calling you to wipe poopy diapers and clean up toys a million times a day, like do that and do all that you do to the glory of God. You're doing it for God and not for man. And if being a mother isn't enough for you, then you'll tire yourself out forever trying to be more. Um, I, I just think that we have to grasp how important the calling of a mother is because when we grasp that everything else seems like a little smaller if that makes sense um in realizing that like motherhood isn't about you life isn't about you and that kind of changes your perspective like yes life is about you in the sense that jesus died for you because he loves you because he wants to spend eternity with you he forgives your sins he is going to use you to further the kingdom but we are to count our neighbor higher than ourself. And I think you can agree that like being a mother is the biggest lesson of selflessness that you have probably ever learned. I know at least for myself it is. Um, so I'm just realizing like... When I have things I want to do, but Amara needs attention, okay, Libby, it's not about you. Um, Put down what you're doing. Don't try to multitask because that is where the stress is coming from for me. We're going to get to some more actionable things to kind of like enjoy the mundane of motherhood. But for now, um, I just kind of want to talk on these points. And if we view motherhood as a ministry, this is also going to help us find joy in being a mother. Um... Being a mother is a spiritual job and we have to get this. This is so important to get because if you don't view motherhood as a spiritual job, you're not going to see the importance of motherhood. And, um, you know, we see the heartbreak and the triumph um, through our children and just through different seasons of being a mother. And um, we, we literally teach them how to love and how to act. You teach them everything they know from like, being this little tiny human that only knows how to breathe, which is and eat, which is pretty cool because God designed us like pretty awesome, um, but other than that, like we teach them how to talk, how to use the bathroom, how to tie their shoes, how to get dressed, we teach them how to brush their teeth, we teach them all of these things, and um so when you realize that like they're looking at you for everything you say, think and do. Think about how important that is, and think about like the impression that your family has made on you growing up. Um, I'll tell you a little funny story. So, I always say that like um, being newly married, and also having children has taught me um, a lot of the same lessons, and. Um, one of the biggest lessons, like, lessons of selflessness and putting yourself second things like that. But one of the coolest, um, well, I don't know if I would say cool, but one of the hardest lessons um, of being newly married is um, realizing that you're taking two separate, like, ways of doing life and bringing them together, like, as one And so think about how much headbutting could happen there. Um, Like, you grew up thinking one thing, and then you're about to become one with someone who grew up thinking things a different way. Which, side note, that's why it's so important to be equally yoked, because that's the basis of everything. Um, And so you can have disagreements while still having a firm foundation. Um, But anyways, and where was I? Okay, so... um, this one time I had made dinner for Ashton and you know, growing up in my family, we, when we had dinner, like no phones at the table, you asked to be, um, you asked to, uh, be dismissed from the table. And, um, and it wasn't like a super like strict, like no fun thing. Like we loved having dinner together. I mean, obviously as a teenager, I was annoyed cause I wanted my phone. Um, But yeah, you waited for everyone to finish eating. And then my husband shared with me that like growing up, that wasn't how it was for him at all. Neither one good nor bad, right nor wrong. is just different. And, um, And so we were eating dinner one night and he got up from the table with his plate as I was still like in the middle of eating. And I'm like, what are you doing? And he said, well, I'm getting up, I'm done. And I'm like, okay, that's rude. You're literally leaving me here sitting by myself. I made a huge deal about it because it like it upset me because like I grew up thinking one way of something and then he just did the opposite of what I thought it should go. And, um, and so just safe to say that never happened again. We all, we, (laughs) we sit at the table until both of us are finished eating. Um, but anyways, that just goes to show you that like what you learn growing up sticks with you. And, um, the way you're raised sticks with you. And Amara has started doing things like mimicking me that I didn't even know she was watching me do. And so motherhood is a ministry. We have to view it as a ministry. It's a spiritual job and it is so very important. Another thing I do um, is speak life over Amara. And so um, I, uh, so like for example, let's say she, brings me one of her toys. I say, thank you so much. You're being so um, generous with sharing. Thank you. And so I try to, instead of like just saying good job, um, I actually learned this from a friend. She said she did it and I loved it. But instead of um, just saying good job or whatever, you're you're speaking life over them. You're speaking godly characteristics over them. And so words do have power. And not only is she hearing that, but she's hearing me talk about her in a godly way. And, um, that's part of what motherhood, um, as a ministry is to me. And like, if she's being really crazy, I don't say, Oh my gosh, you're being such a psycho. Or even like, if I'm talking about her to my husband, I never say things like that. Um, I never say things like you're driving me crazy. Now I try not to sometimes I think them in my head, but I try not to. And um, so I just speak words of life over. I say Amara is kind, Amara is patient, Amara is joyful, and just things like that. And so I would encourage you to like, what is motherhood to you as a ministry? How are you going to make motherhood a ministry? Um, Whether it's tactical, like actionable things, like I shared how I speak life over Amara, or if it's just a way of like your persona where you're going to be patient in dealing with them if they're arguing or um, or maybe they you know sin because obviously we all sin and they come to you are you going to be forgiving with them um, I just encourage you to ask yourself because that's going to give you a feeling of purpose it's going to help you view motherhood as a ministry and it's going to give you purpose in that Um, and maybe help you with the mundane. And so instead of seeing cleaning up the toys a million times a day, um, maybe it's a chance to teach her how to clean up the messes that she makes, um, and take responsibility and not have a victim mindset, um, and expect people to do things for her. Maybe it's teaching her to help you clean the toys up. Um, maybe it's teaching her that you're showing her grace by helping her, um I don't know. I mean, yeah, I would just encourage you to ask yourself that. And um that also will help you find joy in the mundane of picking up toys instead of just seeing it as like a grind, a grinding task. Um you're you're using it as like a little lesson. Um and it's going to refine you as well. You know, our first calling isn't to raise godly children, it's to be godly parents. And Being a mother is teaching, um, and it is very refining for your own character. It brings out weaknesses. It takes you to your limits and beyond. Um, and I'm going to share with you, like, what I think the single most important thing to, to finding joy in motherhood is, um, is in a little while, um, but, uh, yeah, I guess we'll get to that a little later, um, towards the end, but, um, I just think like the trick to escaping the daunting feeling of the grind of motherhood and stepping into finding joy, um, it's in the mon- in the mundane is opening your eyes to the blessings of motherhood and seeing like, okay, I might have to wake up early, but hey, at least I I'm so thankful that I have a child to wake up early for. I know that sounds so cliche, but like, I read this book. It's called, I think it's called Switch on Your Brain. And it just talks about the power of our thoughts. We also have a podcast on holding your thoughts captive. I would encourage you to check that out. Because um, it's just so imperative to like life, honestly, in every way in your perspective on life. But um, just like trying to change your perspective. And when you have those thoughts come in your mind, just immediately get rid of them. Like at first it's going to be hard to hold your thoughts captive and to get rid of them. But, um, eventually it just becomes second nature. And so like, for example, if I have a thought, like a negative thought about let's say just waking up early or something, or maybe Amara's like screaming, crying, and it's annoying me. Um, and I have that thought, like at first I would picture like grabbing the thought, putting it in a door and shutting the door and throwing away the key. Um, or excuse me, you can um ask God to help you get rid of those thoughts and to um, just give you positive thoughts instead, or not positive vibes vibes do not um, do not misinterpret that, but anyways um or his truths or um Yeah, just being, sorry, I lost my train of thought, but just, Amara just woke up, but just being positive instead, um, she likes to play in her crib for a little while, so let's see if she does, um, so, uh, okay, here's a story I want to tell you. I was talking to a friend about her child, and she was going on about how much of a blessing he was, the joy, the light of her life, and how much she just enjoyed being with him, and God kind of convicted me of something, um, Because I remember this happened, like, maybe, I don't know, maybe, like, two months ago. Um, And so I was sitting in the car with Ashton, and I just opened up with him. And I'm like, I don't really find, like, the joy of being with Amara. Um, And I hated those words even came out of my mouth. But, like, I do have, like, um, moments of joy with her and, like, playing with her and, you know praying with her and dancing with her and things like that. Like I have those moments of that joy, but like overall, I felt like I was stuck in the grind of motherhood and I wasn't enjoying her. Um, and I was missing all of these little milestones because I was so stressed out and worked up all the time. And, um, so, um, Yeah. And so I was just talking to him about that. And the big thing that he told me um, was like, kind of what I mentioned in the beginning of this podcast was about how I add so many things on my plate. Um, Multitasking is a job of the enemy. Um, I'm convinced of that. And That's what I was doing. And if you read that book, Switch on Your Brain, she talks about, it's called Milkshake Multitasking and how detrimental and destructive it is to your mind. And I 100% completely agree with her Um, because you cannot give your all to one thing. It's split. And it was split between Amara and other things I was trying to do. And um, I was never like, I mean, I would give her my full attention sometimes. Um, And you know, obviously your kids like, I do sit in front of a TV sometimes because there are things that I would like to get done. But um, my priority list was just mismanaged and it was completely off. And so what did I do? Um, To be honest, the best thing you could ever do is to start praying. And I can give you action items all day long, which I'm going to give you some towards the end of this podcast. But the single best thing you can do is to pray and to dig into scripture. And I'm not kidding you. It's so... Like, oh my gosh, I'm going to get chills talking about it. But my husband literally told me, um, he told me like, what was it, last night or something that he's noticed how much more joyful I've been and how much more present I've been and how he just sees God like just transforming my heart. And y'all, it literally happened in like a month. And I know that like transformations take time, but like my, my perspective on life is like, I mean, it's not a 180, like obviously, you know, I've, I don't know. I mean, there are some, you know, some strongholds and some chains that need to be broken that are going to take longer. Um, Sometimes they take a year longer. So we have to be patient in that. And God's still refining my heart, but like he opened my eyes. And so I've started praying that when he would help me to love Amara, how he loves her because he knows her best, how help me to see her, how he sees her. Um, and the most importantly, to change my mindset from a worldly mindset to an eternal mindset, and that I would just fall more in love with Jesus, and that my heart would look more like the heart of Jesus, and um, that I would just begin to know Him more and more, and there's scripture that says, teach me your ways so that I may know you, and so I like praying that, like not not teach me your way so that I might be more successful. Teach me your ways so I might be happier. Teach me your way so I can find a way out of this hard season of my life. Simply teach me your ways so that I may know you. Um, and we don't pray that so that we find all the joy and the blessings and all the goodness of life. But when we pray that, out of that flows the changed heart, the joy, the blessings of life. And so... it it opens your eyes to begin to see the world how God sees it. And so that's really just been like the prayer of my heart. And I'm really finding him like just rearranging my priorities because when you have, which I do not have the heart of Jesus, obviously, but I pray to have the heart of Jesus and to have a heart that looks more and more like his every day and to have the mind of Christ. And so when we are closer to that and closer to an eternal mindset, we're going to be able to find joy in in the mundane of motherhood. We're going to be able to find joy in the grind of motherhood. And um, we're going to, because we're going to be focused on our blessings and we're going to be focused on the things of God. And guess what? Motherhood is a thing of God. And motherhood was never promised to be butterfly and rainbows all the time. But um, it's a blessing. And so, you know, there's going to be, tantrums there's going to be endless cleaning of the toys it doesn't mean that you're going to be happy about it but you can find joy in the tantrums and the endless cleaning um and so um yeah I just wanted to kind of touch on that real quick and if you're kind of in that um just start praying like and I still pray that every day but just pray that God will get you further from a worldly mindset and closer to an eternal. And just watch, just watch how your mindset changes, how the desires of your heart change. Um, like things of this world become so unimportant up against like the things that God is calling me to. And, you know, that might be like, so God is as like, as you know, Freedom Girls, we've been working on this devotion for a while and also my full-time job, which is working for the family business. Um, those things are technically like worldly, but it's also not because God is calling me in that. And, and I'm, I'm in the will of God in that. And so, um, it's, it's not saying abandon all responsibilities and, um, you know, sometimes we do have to have mundane jobs and to, to, um, you know, and in that is ministry, but, um, but just finding a, just having an eternal mindset in all of that, um, it really just changes perspective on life. And so, um, I just really hope that, you know, you get that from this episode that, God is the one and the only one who can change hearts. We don't do it. You can wish all you want to find joy and happiness in the mundane, but if you don't go to God with it, you're never going to find it because he is the giver of that. And, um, that's really what has helped me, but, um, let's talk about, so what is joy? So I like to explain it this way. Happiness is dependent on what is happening. What is currently happening? What are your circumstances? Happiness is dependent on that. And um, so what is joy? Okay, joy is more of an attitude of the heart and spirit, and it is independent of circumstances. So as happiness is dependent on circumstances, joy is independent of circumstances. So that's why, let's say, for example, a family member gets sick. Well, you can be really sad and unhappy about that and feel those emotions, but still have joy and an attitude um, of the heart and spirit of joyfulness. And so in the mundane of motherhood and in the grind of motherhood, you can be unhappy about these tantrums and not getting to do the things that you want to do, but you can also find joy in that. And so also I would say a prayer should be to help, you know, for me, it's, you know, help me find joy. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And so just to find joy in those things. So honestly, like, again, I said, if you get nothing from this podcast, it's the book. If you get nothing from this podcast, it is actually praying first. Um, not the book, the book comes second, but just praying for, um, an internal mindset and praying for joy. And, um, just having that attitude of a heart and spirit dependent independent of circumstances. So I want to talk about just like maybe six little action items um, that you can actively do. So that might help you find peace, joy. Um, maybe not... Well, I don't know if it'll help you find joy. Because like we said, that's independent of circumstances. But like, I don't know. These have helped me. Um, so anyways... Number one, declutter the toy room. So that is something that's really helped my stress level um, mentally. I, it just feels there's something about a clean, decluttered home. So decluttering the toy room has really helped me. I put all the little tiny pieces um, and I've also heard about cycling toys. So like if you're, if your kid hasn't been playing with it for a while, maybe put it in a box and put it up somewhere so it's not sitting out. You can reintroduce it later if you want but this just like declutters things and it really helps um it helps me at least. So number 2 an intentional wardrobe. So this might not help be helpful for you, but again, it's been very helpful for me. Um if I like put myself together, I just feel better. And actually the Proverbs 31 woman kind of talks about um being put together, um which we're not going to go into that right now, but Like what is an intentional wardrobe? An intentional wardrobe for you. For me, I'm not gonna be putting makeup on every day. That doesn't mean I have to do my hair every day. But I'm going to put on quote real clothes. And by real clothes, I mean leggings. And so I put on leggings when I get up. I put on leggings. Sometimes I, you know, go and sit and drink my coffee in my robe because that's comfy. But put on leggings. I put on a shirt and a flannel. And at least that's an action of me having an intentional, comfortable wardrobe. I love being comfortable. And so that's an intentional wardrobe for me. Three, stop multitasking. Stop doing things that are going to mentally stress you out and take mental energy and have you focusing on a million things at once. Um, We are created to give our all to one thing at a time. And so whether that's your child at one point or whether that is work or Whatever, just try to stop multitasking. I promise you, it's probably going to help. Number four, let go of guilt and take care of yourself. Now, this is not a um, self-help, self-care preaching thing because I do find issues with that movement. But this is so important to take care of yourself because if you can't take care of yourself, how are you going to take care of others? If you don't have joy yourself, how are you going to show joy to others? And so let go of the mom guilt. If your kid doesn't have 10 sensory boxes or sensory bins and five Montessori developmental toys, or if your baby doesn't eat all organic homemade food, just let go of that guilt. Um, Take care of yourself. And when you take care of yourself, you're more equipped to take care of others. And number five. Um, remember that slower, simple, and less is okay. The world tells you faster, more, um, and complicated. Um, It doesn't have to be. Slower, simple, less is okay. And it's probably going to leave you less stressed, more fulfilled, ironically, um, and Focusing on the things of this life that do matter. That doesn't mean you can't have a nice car. I love my truck, and I'm um, not gonna lie, my t- my my tires weren't cheap. But that doesn't mean that I have to have more, 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 more. Um, and I'm living like this super fast, busy life. Um, I like being simple, and um, I like having a simple mind. And so, not that again. That doesn't mean lazy. It doesn't mean a dumb mind. It just means simple and being content in the obscurity of God. And number six, most importantly, we need Jesus. I touched on this earlier. This is the last point that I'm going to make. Um, I just wanted to end with it because it's so important. So, um, actionably, uh, when are you spending time with Jesus throughout the day? Is it first thing in the morning or is it when your baby goes down for a nap? I usually do first thing, um, you have to make time for it. Um, I'm blessed with the fact that my husband watches my daughter when I wake up so that I can, but do you need to wake up early? Do you need to use one of her precious naps? Make sure you're giving God your best and not your leftovers. Um, and he's going to bless that. And also, um, like I know for me, starting with Jesus is, 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 like really essential. Um, I know some people enjoy praying at night and that's great, but like talking to him all throughout the day as well and not just once in the morning and then saying like, all right, see you Jesus till tomorrow. Um, Putting on the full armor of God every single day. And I'm gonna read this excerpt, excerpt, I I said that wrong. Anyways, from Risen Motherhood. Um, It's two paragraphs, okay? So buckle up. It says, I think we can all agree that motherhood is hard and life can bring out the worst in us, but culture would attest that if we have the right systems in place, we can always be the best version of ourselves. During an exercise program I recently worked out to, the trainer yelled, give me 30 minutes of your day and I promise you'll be a better person, wife, husband, or parent. We're told we're in the driver's seat. If we try a little harder, we'll definitely gain control over our circumstances, our worries, fears, frustrations will all melt away. A mom's answer to her hurting heart and emotional outburst is simple. You just need to get up earlier. <laughs> like I just said, get up earlier. I didn't mean it like that, guys. Um, buy a better planner. Rotate your toys. Oh my gosh, and I literally said rotate your toys. Okay, I hope that you get the basis of what I was saying I meant declutter. Um, anyways, rotate your rotate your toys more often. Make a chore chart. Implement a house cleaning system. Find a personal assistant for your growing growing home business. Use a think it over corner. Eat less sugar. Count to 20. Enchant a calming mantra before you speak. And while there's value in all of these things, um, do this, uh, let's say, this is a subtle lie underneath that taunts our heart with false promises. Do this and you'll have more control. Do that, and you'll be a nicer mother. So, side note, it reminds me of the "do more, be more," and you'll be happier. You'll be more successful. Um, Okay, back in. So, as mothers, we um, wake up each day and uh, ready to work and do whatever it takes to put away the stress, the anger, the worry, hoping to dig deep for patience and some self um, and some peace. Where, sorry, I like am getting distracted. Um, I'm, I'm paying attention to Amara. I got to go get her in a second. Um, in peace somewhere within, we believe if we can just get a little more control over our outside environment, we won't feel so temperamental on the inside. We hang inspirational quotes on our letter board, start a new weekly meal prep plan that we saw on Instagram and attempt a new discipline strategy we heard on a recent podcast. But as the day wears on, each thing fails us. Our our patience thins, our peace wears out, and now we go through the common cycle of frustration, despair, and guilt. No matter what we implement or how much we muscle our emotions, we're still a mess. Stressed out and out of control, we look for somewhere to throw the blame other than on ourselves, doling out unfair punishments, justifying worry, anxiety, living with regret for what we've just said. We're unhappy with ourselves, but not quite sure what else to change. Sometimes in motherhood, we crave control and comfort so much we worship them. We chase all the things that might give us command over our home, husbands, and children, thinking that we'd just find the magic ticket. Motherhood would be easier, and we'll finally be peaceful, patient, and kind. We'll finally be the women that we wish we were. No matter how much effort we pour into it, we can't seem to tame the dragon, um, the dragon nature inside of us that roars for control and success. What we need is a dragon slayer. So then it goes on to say how God is the dragon slayer. And that could, that excerpt from that, um, book could not be any more true. Um, like I said, Jesus is what we need. You can implement all of these self-development strategies or these things you see on Pinterest or Instagram, or even some of the, um, even some of the actionable items I gave you, you know, a few minutes ago, you can implement all of that. But if you're not implementing Jesus into your life, um, and praying and, you know, reading scripture, then, um, it is, uh, it's never going to quote, get better. And, um, you're never going to find joy in the mundane and the, um, grind of motherhood and Jesus is the most important. And so just go to him in prayer and it's okay to implement these helpful strategies, but just remember that like, we have to find our identity in him and we have to, um, just yearn for more of him. Um, and that's where we're going to find the joy and the peace. And, um, um, recognizing the divine calling of motherhood. So I hope this podcast has been encouraging to you. um, And I hope that um, through this, you are feeling empowered and you feel a little fire in your heart to just dig in deeper with Jesus and um, just to get on that journey to finding joy in motherhood. I know I'm still on that journey. Um, It's only been like a month or two since I had that conversation with my husband. But man, do I feel just like, I just feel like a weight is off my shoulders and I want you to feel that too. And, um, so yes, um, that is all that I am going to chat with you about today. And, um, we have another podcast coming up with a very special, um, woman of God and an entrepreneur, and she's going to be talking about balancing work, work, life and motherhood. Um, like I like to say, mompreneur, And so um, stay tuned for that. Until then, I hope you find us over on Instagram. Have a blessed day.